I need a tissue. Um, I think it is at the... I never get sick, which is kind of why I'm really upset about the fact that I can't stop sniffing up this um, snot in my nose at this moment. I think it's also because I'm teaching more kids than I normally have in the past at one time, and I'm over it. And I probably have hugged way too many kindergartners in the last couple of days. (laughs) And I'm over the sickness it is coming over me like slow rolling clouds and hurricane season hurricane season yeah you need to have them wipe down the tables and lysol wipe everything i'm gonna start doing that every day we haven't lysol since the first day of school so oh no my kids are like is this a wipe for my hands or a wipe for the table <laughs> oh, poor baby. Um, I just know I'll be pl- like pressing mute on this mic a lot so that I can blow my nose. Um, so if I am a little silent, that's probably why I'm blowing my nose. <laughs> and welcome back to the Common Sense Podcast, everyone. My name is Patrick. I I thought you would sniffle. My name is Antonia. <laughs> I did, but I thought I was quiet. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Before we get into the good news, I have a really important announcement that I want to make. And it's like he's out. This young man always has surprises. I do. Right. This is not so good. I just wanted to say this first before we um start. Uh, let me pull it up. So I got an email. And by email, I mean Facebook message from my high school marketing teacher. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yes. She was thebomb.com. And she sent me this link to a bill that is currently in Congress right now. And it was introduced in the House by Representative Steve King from Iowa, looks like. And it is called, well, it's HR 610, and it is to distribute federal funds for elementary and secondary education in the form of vouchers for eligible students and to repeal a certain rule relating to nutrition standards in schools. What? Um, it says, this was actually introduced in the House uh, January 1st, 2017, Um, And the bill repeals the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965, and it limits the authority of the Department of Ed so that the Ed is authorized to only award block grants to qualified states. In order to get the block grant, they must uh, commit to complying with the voucher program requirements and to make it lawful uh, for parents of an eligible child to elect to enroll their child in a, any local or any public or private school in the state or to homeschool their child. So basically, the government is saying we have this. It is the state must use federal funds to fund this uh, voucher program. Um, and that is the way that they can get money for the government. It also says, this really hurts my heart. The bill repeals a specified rule that establishes certain nutrition standards for the school lunch and breakfast programs. In general, the school requires school to increase the availability of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, blah, 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 um, and meets nutritional needs within their uh, calorie requirements. You know, currently this bill is uh being tossed around in the house committee on education and the workforce i just wanted to start this here so that we (laughs) they're trying to like roll back any progress that 
any any type of progress that we've made. What is this war on school lunch about? I like what is this war on school? I don't lunch? know. They don't want to offer free lunch to nobody. School lunch has been trash since the beginning of time, and it's just like you know Michelle Obama. Did she? <laughs> I'll never forget. We had nachos. In high school, we had nachos, chicken tenders, like loaded nachos, like Chipotle nachos. I don't even eat Chipotle. I just made that up. But like Chipotle <laughs> nachos. And and when I started reading the teachers, when Michelle Obama was getting her stuff together for school lunch, and I was like, oh, what is this? What is this lunch, Michelle? What is this lunch? This stuff looked nasty. So Interesting. It, it was just like, yeah, you know, and like, you know, Michelle Obama... <laughs> nutrition standards came in and for some reason the school lunch they like they just stopped using seasoning but i don't know (laughs) i know they started giving stupid stuff like it would be like french toast sticks and fruit for lunch and i was just like how does this meet any kind of nutritional requirement what are we doing here yeah it's just crazy so michelle obama tried to do something about it and now they are trying to roll it back and they're trying to roll back the Elementary and Secondary Education Act of 1965, which is just completely ridiculous, to force states to um, use federal funds to get students to go to private schools. Um, and as you know, I am a private school educator. Um, and private schools don't have, well, I I will say that Private schools' main priority is raising funds to ensure that their school is running. And for a lot of private schools, they come from a lot of old money. (laughs) And so, to my knowledge, I don't know of any private schools right now that have been around for a while that are begging for the government's money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm also not afraid to say that my school has received some funds from um, vouchers. Um, I think we received a couple thousand dollars, but, you know, out of a multi-million dollar budget, you know, vouchers are like 0.01 percent of our okay. of our income. And so yeah. it's yeah. like private schools depend on donations but we're not like we don't need (laughs) like it's not like a desperate need at this point you know what i'm saying um so this is clearly just a political and a um philosophical move um that ultimately hurts public education like it's just more dollars so not only are public education uh, fighting for funds from charter schools, but they're also, you know, fighting for funds from now private schools, which they shouldn't be competing with in the first place, especially because private schools receive large donations year in, year in, year, um, year after year after year. So um, I don't know. It's just crazy. I just wanted to put that out there so that we are aware of what's going on in the policy. It just seems like this administration's goal is to undermine everything related to public ed. With no real plan. With no real plan. It's crazy. Anyway. Good news? <laughs> I mean, you just tanked the whole... I know. Whole I'm movie. so sorry. I just wanted to put that out there so we're aware. What's going on? Ah, uh, good news. I finally finished assessing all of my children so I can start moving them into guided reading group so hopefully that starts by like first week of october second week okay that's awesome that's always yeah with kindergarten i mean like are you familiar with dra yes with kindergarten and how they come in on a wide range of levels it takes quite the time like quite some time to assess everyone for um dra levels uh so yeah i'm glad to be done with that I will be doing uh, Fontes and Pinnell starting on Monday. So I certainly get your struggle. I get it. Yeah. Um, good news. I finally had a good day of school. Yay. 
not to say that the day, there haven't been like out of so after 13 school days i finally had a good day um not to say that there haven't been good moments but there haven't really been good days does that make sense yes 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 so like i mean Huge difference yeah like the energy wasn't really sucked you know from me and like every class was popping and yeah like it was an incredible day and i think you know obviously it takes a takes a minute to get kids settled but i never you know i haven't had a honeymoon period and we'll talk more about that in a little while okay um well i'm going to test your knowledge of vintage education things okay oh interesting <laughs> we'll see how old school Let's y'all see. are in texas this is really will really oh. if like <laughs> y'all are down with the culture or not so we'll see i'm gonna read it like a little riddle and then you just tell me what it is okay okay when you see this rolling down the hallway you know indoor recess is gonna be lit Oh, that was the TV. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. good. The TV on the cart. <laughs> the TV. Pop in that VCR. Pop in that VCR. I used to love that back in the day. Like, I don't know what was what it was about the TV on the cart, but, like, everybody was sitting on the floor. Everybody was engaged. Like, that's where I watched Annie the Musical really yeah, first time <laughs> loved it like we watch um our friend martin on that joint so many times yes okay? like every year. every year so many times it was awesome. it's on youtube yeah i showed it uh to my class last year i probably showed it again <laughs> it's just a classic film that i watched with the tv on the cart um yeah it was really cool okay very good awesome you're good at this uh, okay last one Okay. This handy device will make sure your grades are accurate. Is it the the thing you have to like slide it? Yes. Uh, the name of it. Is it an easy grade? Yes. Come on. I had one of those. Come, all right now. My first year, because we, <laughs> I, I I had one. So. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> if I had a bell, I would ding it. Ding, ding, ding. Wait. I'm pretty sure that um, I thought that this this podcasting that we're doing has sound effects, but I'm not going to queen radio us this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Maybe in the maybe in the uh, in the future. Awesome. So, guys, this week. Actually, I'm going to throw it over to you. <laughs> what? I would have thrown it over to you because I want you to start this off. How long did it take you last year to take a day off? Last year? Define a day off. You put in for a sub. <laughs> Do you mean like, okay, so like stay at home day off? No, anything, yeah. Oh, like, okay, so I went to NCTE. That was a day off. I mean, I But I I wouldn't count that because I was still working, technically, going to the conference. Um, I'm thinking, like, sick day, stay at home on my cat day off. I probably didn't do that until, I think, March. Oh, my goodness. Or April, one of those two days. Wow. And it was like, I don't even think I was sick. Something was going on. I think I had a court or something like that because I was speeding. And I ended up just like (laughs) staying home. I try and I don't like out of all four years of my little teaching career, probably I can probably count on two hands the number of days I missed. Well, I am not like you. Okay, that's I would okay. need two sets of hands. Okay, that's fine, and that's fine. Um, I always see this meme floating around about how, like, it's it's something along the lines of 
when I put in for a sub, I'm letting you know I'm not coming in. I'm not asking. Um, And I think that's like, it sounds so bad, but that's kind of the mindset I have. Like if I need to take a day off, like I need to be somewhere else other than school. Um, And it came really early for me this year. I took a half day um, because the day before the half day, I was just walking into school and I felt an anxiety level I've not experienced since my first day of school. And I walked in at 7.30 and I put in for a sub for the next day. Um, and I went back that afternoon, the same day that I took the half day, and I felt great. And I have felt great ever since. But I think just being aware of when you need to take a day for yourself is so important. And it may be at a different point for everyone, right? So like you didn't need to take a day off until March, and that's perfectly fine. If I need a day in September... That's perfectly fine. Um, I think it's important not to guilt trip yourself into showing up every, every, like it's important to be there, right? For the kids, you have things to teach, like that's an expectation. But your mental and physical health is also extremely important. And I stand by the belief that the moment something happens to me, they'll put in for a long-term sub and the position will go up and the school will keep rolling on. And like realizing that you are not a single determining factor in what happens in the outcome of a school year um, or the procedures of a school or like the daily workings, like you are replaceable um, and keeping that in mind when you feel like you're, you feel yourself getting overwhelmed is, is something I try to keep at the forefront. Um, I think so often we just work, 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 work and and don't stop like we should and, and take the time to like breathe and collect ourselves and gather ourselves. Absolutely. Um, the first school that I worked at said that we were not allowed to take a day off until at least mid-October. <laughs> and if we did, it, and if we did, it would be without pay. Um, I thought that was, very extreme, um, but they want to talk about how important those first six six weeks were and how important our attendance was as a staff, so we were not allowed to take a day off. But even before I continue, I'm very proud of you for this, taking a day off and, like, checking in with yourself and valuing yourself because we know we work in such a thankless profession. And, you know, I don't need you super stressed you know this early in the school year because teaching is a marathon not a sprint and it is a marathon with folks trying to trip you up along the way you know what i'm saying like (laughs) as we just said um yeah so i will say like every day that i've ever taken off has always been planned um and i've always made sure that i told my students ahead of time Because the one time I did not do that was the day I came back. Like, you hear those horror sub stories and, like, how the kids just did what they wanted to and you come back and your room is tore up and your teammates like, you know what your sub did? Um, The one time I got a response like that is the time that I did not tell my kids I was going to be out. And ever since then, I've always made it a point to let them know I won't be here in the morning or I'll be leaving early or I won't be here today. Um, And so when I took off this week in our morning message the the day before, I just told him Miss Adams won't be here in the morning and I'll see you after specials. And when I picked him up from specials, they were like, are you feeling better? Did you go to the doctor? Were you sick? And I was like, I do feel better. Thank you. (laughs) So like just giving them also that respect of letting them know like the schedule change that's going to happen because they're five. They deserve to know, if at all possible, that someone else will be there. Absolutely. And even if you are, you know, even a high school teacher or middle school or whatever, like yeah. whenever that routine is going to be broken, we should definitely try to prepare our kids as much as possible. But I want to just kind of go back and, you know, talk about some of those signs of burnout, right? And so we know that taking a day off is really necessary. Um, but 
there are some teachers that kind of ignore the signs, including myself, um, of burnout until it's too late. Um, and before you know it, you're trying to find a different profession in June or 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 January. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, there are some teachers that don't make it past the first two weeks. Lord Jesus. Um, and so. Oh, I had to have a right. I know for me, you know, as cheery and happy as I am, this has definitely been one of the most challenging school years I've had in a long time. Um, And even though I've been in school for 13 days and I just had my first good day today, I feel like I've been in school for probably ugh, six months by now. <laughs> like, I feel like ooh, spring break oh, wow. is coming. Like, that's how I feel. Because the days have last week you said four months. Yeah, now I'm saying six, right? Because <laughs> back to school night came and it didn't make things better. And we had like a meeting with parents um, to try to talk about some of the behaviors that we were seeing, and it didn't really make the biggest change. And you know, like the days had just felt really, really long. And I'm trying to like focus on some of the bright spots, but I was like, man, I'm I'm super stressed. Um, and I haven't really been sleeping that much. I haven't really been eating as often as I should. I have not been to the gym in two and a half weeks, and my six-pack is fading. Those are all signs. Look, when I saw the bottom abs, <laughs> like, doing uh, the whole Casper thing, I said, oh, no, this is not okay. We out. Um, and then, like, I also have not been um, chanting as much either it's been really inconsistent and so like I've just really been feeling like okay I'm just like all over the place um, mm -hmm. and I think what's making this year a lot different for me is that though my kids are off the hook um, I've never been on a more solid team and I've never worked for a more solid principal um, who's killing it you know so that's uh, you know is what's been dragging me to work and every single day uh but i will say that i've have not been taking care of myself <laughs> as much as i as i need to um in the couple of weeks that i've been back it sounds like you know all the problem areas you just need to act on them yes you're totally right you're totally right i, I think um i definitely need to use my time wisely i need to stop bringing home papers knowing damn well i'm not doing nothing with them at home because it just acts it just adds like extra stress like yeah you know and because we're doing we're doing so much with trying to build this culture at my school and today i you know i saw that it could work like but but you know before this before this day y'all don't understand like it's just been like it's been crazy it's been real crazy and i've been optimistic but it's like really taking a toll on me and i haven't really really been able to use the time that i have at school to be as productive as i can and then like things are just piling up and i'm missing deadlines and like, it's just kind of been crazy. And so um, I haven't really been sure what to do. Um, I've been trying to stay clear, you know, stay consistent with the chanting piece because that is like my form of self-care for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm also ashamed to say I even went back to McDonald's. And oh, no. Yes, baby, them. Uh, sweet and spicy honey glaze chicken tenders, honey. At least go to Chick Fil A. I went there too, and but those McDonald's chicken oh. tenders are something else. They're something else. No, they're, they're chemicals. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn you, teacher burnout. Um, so, <laughs> but yes. And stuff, you know you ain't got no business uh, okay, eating. Okay, okay. I know, I know. But I say, like, you know, we got to have those talks with ourselves to be able to identify some of those signs of, you know, stress. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. And 
Yeah, it's 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 been a it's it's been a year. It's been a year so far. So for me, when I get anxious about, it's like as soon as I, maybe it's as soon as I drive onto the school parking lot, or as soon as I get out of the car, or as soon as I like open the door. If I no longer feel the peace I felt when I woke up, then I know like something is off, and I felt it like increasing. Um, just because of changing demands that I'm struggling with. And I think knowing that had I kept um, kept trying to push through, I probably would have reached the point where I needed to take like two full days um, because I walked in and like I said, I was so anxious to the point like during planning that day, I, I burst into tears um. And I have not, (laughs) I've not cried since my first year of teaching. And that's how I knew, and and maybe it doesn't take tears for everyone, right? But that's how I knew it was at a point that it was no longer acceptable. Right, right. You should not be crying about the work you're doing. Uh, I hate this. But it's always the, never mind. (laughs) What'd you say? I was going to say it's always the, it's always the adults. It's never the children. Um, But interactions with adults do sometimes make it, they do impact your interactions with children. Um, I think just taking the time to gather myself has has been, it's only been, what, two days since then, but it's been helpful. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that those days off have been helpful for you, you know, Again, an environment is really important. It makes a difference <laughs> for yeah. your success. I, I think too, if you find yourself like you can't stop thinking about school outside of school, every conversation turns to school. Um, you're bringing things home every night and think like you're not touching things. What else? Um, like I think just working through lunch contributes to it working on weekends contributes to it working at night you just need to take the breaks for yourself what are some outside of chanting are there anything or is there anything that you do um to kind of prevent or work through the teacher burnout that you might be experiencing at times yeah so i definitely call my nana um (laughs) (laughs) I call my Nana at work and I FaceTime her sometimes. She brings me joy. Um, I like to leave the school building. And I don't know what, you know, y'all's policies are with that. But I think in order to take a break, you have to kind of leave your space and then re-enter to kind of reset your mind. And so I would go to the grocery store up the street or I would um, sometimes go sit in the car and listen to podcasts, or I would kind of go for a walk. But leaving the school building has been really helpful for me. My first year where it was just really, really bad, and I couldn't even stay in the building for lunch. Like, I needed to get out that much. But we were – it was a food desert, so there was nothing nearby. Um, And so I would just eat in my car. Because even just removing myself from the classroom and from the building gave me a break that I needed to reset my mind before going back in. And I think, too, like, it gave me the opportunity to get away from adults who want to talk to you on your lunch break because sometimes I don't want to talk. Other things I do outside of school, like, I'm really struggling with it right now because so much of what I enjoy, like with my reading, I enjoy reading about education and like new research and whatever else. And so it's hard for me to turn off that side of my brain. And I know it still feels like work, which is why I think I, I burn out a lot faster. And so sometimes I literally have to tell myself, no, stop thinking about school. Like you will think about something else. Put this down and think about something else. Yes, absolutely. Like you, and I, yeah, yeah, that's so important. Um, and too, I'm sorry, one more thing. Instagram 
Instagram, I think, is really contributing to teachers experiencing this high level of burnout because you go through a full day of teaching Uh-oh. with your kids. And then we all it's so weird because I've been thinking about it like this recently. We all kind of check in online after school or during and you hear people like or during school. You're like seeing their day in real time compared to your day. And then you go home after the day is done and you're still looking at classrooms and classroom activities and things to do in the classroom as you scroll. And not just classroom activities. You're looking at perfect classroom activities and perfect lessons and like even i recorded you know myself the other day and i was gonna post something i was like oh i don't really like this so i so so i didn't right so it's like Mm -hmm. we're not even seeing the realness that is happening in schools to be like oh yes girl me too or you like yes boy like me too like 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 we're not seeing that experience and so it kind of like puts you on an island and it, and it makes you feel like you're alone and as much as I you know have posted pictures and stuff like that of me and my students like excited like it has been a struggle you know what I'm saying it's a highlight reel. it really is a highlight reel you know what I'm saying and now that Apple has this screen time uh thing See, I told you I didn't Yeah, update. well, you should. You should ab- update so that you can see how much time you spend on social media. But, like, I saw that I spent, you know, seven hours. I, I had seven hours of screen time, wow. and about five and a half, six of those hours were on social media. And so, yeah, that's just, it's just adding to, adding to the stress. Yeah, so I think what I'm going to do now is, like I'm going to I'm going to set a time limit to teacher Instagram or maybe if I post I just post and get off so that I don't feel that fatigue of continuing to look and hear about classroom things after school is out. Yep, leaving work at work and leaving work online unless it's a yeah, rather productive chatter or something like that like where you're doing something yeah. whatever and if it was really that important It'll show up in your algorithm, but like, but the day to day stuff, like, you know, we got to kind of cut back. And then like on top of all that, you got to come home and see like, now may, maybe there's, well, there's like two extremes. There's like the perfect lesson people. And then there's just like the straight up problematic people who are posting things. God help us, you know getting you know posting pictures of their kids and like saying the most problematic things putting the most problematic captions and you're just like not only did I have a hard day but now I have to sit here and think about if I want to address this problematic teacher who's getting all these likes after they just said the most anti-black things about their students or after they just like yeah you know exploited their students and you know it's just like now I have to fight y'all too really you know, like I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> All my life, I had to fight. <laughs> had to fight. <laughs> I had to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to fight my kids. I had to fight these teachers. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm tired of y'all. Y'all. Should... <laughs> and now I'm now gonna I gotta fight, fight you. you, but I don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? Like now I see why veteran teachers be like, I ain't, I'm not messing with y'all. Like. Leave me alone. Yes. Close my door, because I didn't yes. have thirty, forty years of y'all trash, you know. But you know, like <laughs> I also call my best friend, and I just like you know talk very candidly. Like talking to you, Antonia, also helps me out a lot. Um, you know, like that that Aww. helps too. So th- I think when it comes to burnout and self care, like you got to find what works for you ultimately. And what is going to bring you joy instantly, um, like in this moment? Like, I know I can't leave right now, but what is going to help me get through the end of this day? And then, like, what longer steps do you need to take that's going to get you through that week, that month, that trimester, and ultimately that year? Yeah. I think, too, also being aware of, like, your being aware of your students 
and responding to them can help with teacher burnout. So in kindergarten, like our days are very long right now and we're still adjusting to it. And I find myself in the afternoon getting frustrated because they're so over the place. And I literally like I have to stop and breathe and remember, you know, they're five and what they're doing is not their fault. Like it's okay that they're doing this and remembering to not take it personal. So I think yesterday they were just all over the place while we were trying to do our writing lesson. And I stopped and I said, do y'all need a break? And they were just like, yes. And so I asked them, um, I said, you know, if you find yourself needing a break, because as teachers, sometimes we really want to power through those lessons and I, I have things to teach and we need to get this done. Um, giving them the, the right and the power to say, you know, we need a break when I may be overlooking it has been helpful too. Because today, same time that it's always happening. Um, and we do um, a movement break right before. So it's confusing me why so shortly after they're acting this way. But same time as yesterday, um, one of the kids said, I think we need a break. And everyone around her was like, yep, we do. And so we stopped and went and took a break. And then they were able to come back and we were able to focus and get the rest of the lesson done and push through the afternoon. But had I not been mindful of that, I probably would have just continued to like let my frustrational level rise. And at the end of the day, I would have right. been angry and when I left. And that's the goal is to leave content at least um, and maybe do a little bit of reflection. Um, I think that's been helpful for me as well, you know, doing that, that glow and grow at the end. But the, the goal is to not leave school feeling defeated in you know what I'm saying? Like, how do people get burnt out? You know, like, yeah. I feel like I'm not burned out at this point. You know, I've been yielded, but I still feel like I have the 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 energy to continue because I I I don't leave uh, feeling defeated at the very end of the day. So I thought it'd be important to share um, what some people do to fight teacher burnout or to deal with teacher burnout. Um, I asked, and a lot of people had great responses, so I just wanted to share a few of them. Someone shared that they read every morning and evening something that has nothing to do with school. I try to do that too. Um, it really, which is hard with grad school because everything is about education, but it really takes your mind off of school. So they read before school and in the evening. Leaving work at work is something that a lot of people said. Getting enough sleep and trying to leave no later than 30 minutes after the school day is over. Happy hour with yes. friends. Meditation. Tennessee. <laughs> Happy hours are important. Um, meditation. Hanging out with people who are not teachers. I think that one's a yeah. big one. Um, because people who aren't teachers don't really want to hear your stories the about time, the kids. No. Not all the time. Um, so that's helpful. Learning how to say no. And finding a group of teacher friends that you can vent to when you need to. And I think those are some okay. great suggestions. Thank you all for sending that in. Um, and honestly, y'all, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We are in September. Haven't even hit October yet. So let's breathe. I, that breathing was not on that list, but breathing is super important. So let's breathe, y'all. We're going to make it. We're going to do it. We're going to succeed. We're going to trip. We we might even fail a couple times, but we're going to get back up and we're going to keep going. Um What's the song? It's we like we fall, fall down. down <laughs> we get up. But yeah. we <laughs> get up. Honestly. Thank you. Thank Good you. Job. Thank you. I'm taking my podcast bow. Um, and on that note, we're gonna take a break <laughs> and we will be right back. Yeah. Hey y'all. You can send your questions to commonsensepod at gmail.com. Or through our website at commonsensepod.com. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Do you have any questions for us? 
I do. So the first question comes from someone. I'm not going to read their names because it's just like, unless they want me to. I thought of an idea for the podcast. How about discussing privacy on social media? I've been unfollowing people every time they post a student's face, but that's killing my teacher IG and reducing the number of people I can learn from. Why all the FERPA violations, waiver or none, I think is wrong. What do you and Miss Adams think? That's interesting. It feels like a strongly worded email. <laughs> I think it's just the way I read it. She seemed very, like, very, very, um, like, she had the best intentions. No, yeah, but I just imagine, you know, the people who, like, they get upset about customer service and they fire off those emails. Like, the way you read it sounded like that. But it's fine. Um, do you want to <laughs> <that> first? <laughs> I think we have different opinions on this, but we'll see. You can go first. Um... So I don't see an issue if you have a waiver because a parent has given consent. Um, I am starting to wonder if the child should also be given the option to like opt in or opt out, you know? Um, Hold on. When you say waiver, can you talk about what you mean by that? Oh, like they can, the parent, there's like a permission slip that the parent can sign saying they don't mind their child being featured on like social media platforms. Okay, okay. A lot of districts have them, like photo releases, I guess. Right. Um, what was I saying? I think we should offer the child an option because a lot of times, like maybe the parent has made this decision for them, but they don't know that this picture is out there. And I wonder now, like with us being in this age of like rapid technology, if this child just so happens to come across a picture of them later online, like what they'll feel like. Um, so I've been really mindful this year of only including hands or like the back of heads because of what I just said. I, I wouldn't want my child to end up looking online and finding pictures of themselves and they didn't like give consent and I had decided that it was okay. I don't know. I don't have a solid yes or no. I think if a parent said it was okay, then, you know, sure. It's kind of weird if the parent has said okay and they don't know the account that it's being posted on, though. So I think if you're asking parents if you can post photos of their child, they should have access to that account that they're going on to. I did not think that's what you were going to say. Well, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, don't post any pics of your kids. That's what I thought you were going to say. Eh. Yeah. I mean. <clears throat> but I've been guilty. of Like, I've posted pictures before. Yeah, but I I try really hard not to show their faces because one, you never know who knows who and who will like send and share something and you know your kid is on here and you know, then it's just a domino effect and everything's over because you posted something on Instagram. You know, I felt really bad um, earlier this year or the last year, excuse me, or one of these years when the do-rag video went viral and... I had students who came to school and said, hey, my, my my mom said that she saw me on the shade room and my mom, you know, saw me in this, you know, teacher's group or whatever. And I was just like, yikes, like my students' images are being seen by millions right now. And yeah. while I'm glad that it was not something that was, you know, a negative meme or something like that, like it was something that quickly got out of my control. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do is like try to keep as much things in my control as possible. But when you're engaged in social media, it's like, you're it's, pretty, hard. it's kind of impossible with screen records and screenshots and all those things. And so I think I wrestle with the ethics of it. <laughs> like I don't mind people posting pictures of their kids. Um, especially if it is, I I want to say with the best intentions, but I don't think that that's what I'm trying to say. I think ultimately I love social media because we get a chance to see inside of real life classrooms with real yeah. life teachers and real life students, right? Like these, like these students have faces and we get a chance to learn them and their stories throughout the year based on how the teacher chooses to engage 
and share their schools, you know, via social media. Um, I think also like black students have such a bad rep and I really enjoy seeing real black students in so much joy um, on social media because, you know, ain't nobody posting their kids having tantrums and stuff. Some of them are, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, It sounds like you're getting at the idea of like posting as long as you're not exploiting kids. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. And maybe, I don't know. I So this, I keep going back to this one dude who just posted a picture of one of his black female students saying, um, and called her like uh, unintentionally or intentionally, but like broken. And like that kind of stuff just like really gets on my nerves. Yeah. And like I think about Ron Clark Academy, who like mostly post their pics, post pictures of their kids dancing or posting pictures of their students, like, you know, catering to the white visitors that come on a on a consistent basis. Like mm-hmm. we have to be careful of what narrative we're pushing forward and what narrative we are um you know, contributing to, like, ultimately, we want Black students to have as much positive media as possible, um, regardless of the the realities of what's going on. It's like, I wouldn't want my students' faces to be attached to the injustices that are happening in education. But, you know, I do want to show that there are positive things that are happening in schools. There are positive relationships between teachers and students. There are positive relationships between students and students. Um, I have a class documentarian. Aww. Yeah, and the only time I post things is when, or the only time I, re- I record in general is when the documentarian decides to record. And so even the posts that I put out recently this school year um, have been recorded by students and have been you know, pushed as something to release. Um, so everything that I post on social media, I also send to their parents so that it's not something new. That That's a good measure, posting it, sending it out to parents before you post it somewhere else. That's nice. Okay. So, so it's, I don't know what to tell homegirl, but that's kind of how we feel. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Next question. How do I help the only black student in my class not feel like a token child? That's interesting. <laughs> I feel like everything is interesting, right? That's the word. That's my catch-all. Um, yikes. 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 This is a I, by the way. I wonder how old the child is. I have no idea. She also I mean, we don't know, but... Saying that... <laughs> this might add some context. Do you have any thoughts engaging minority Black students as a white woman teaching slavery? Wait, what? So the same... <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for, like, laughing. No, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing at ourselves. She said, how do I help the only Black student in my class not feel like a token child? Also, do you have any thoughts engaging minority Black students as a white woman teaching slavery? So we're not going to touch on both of those questions, but I think we can answer the first question because the second question adds a little bit of context. I do have a comment, though. Minority Black is like, mm mm-mm. There was no reason to put minority in front of black, but you know, okay, we'll answer the first question. I don't really know. Um, I think you have the power to make them feel like a token. Yeah. And based on what you do in your classroom, they may walk away feeling like one or they may not walk away feeling like one. I was one of three. I'm trying to picture the picture in my head. I was one of three black children in my elementary class for second and third grade because my teacher looped with us. And I know I wasn't the only one, but I don't remember like ever feeling that I was any different from anyone else. 
um, because it was never pointed out to me. Like I noticed small things within interactions with my peers um, and other children across the grade. Like there was never anything internally in me that said like, I don't fit in, um, like something is off here. And a lot of that has to do like with the sense of confidence that a child has that their parents are instilling in them before they come into your classroom. So, I mean, you can either build that child up or you can tear them down by like, by treating them like a token child. I don't really, I don't know. What do you think? I think that was a good answer and I'll echo everything that you have to say. Um, Just treat that child like they matter, like they are a part of the class. I appreciate your sensitivity towards um, you know, acknowledging race and difference in your classroom. And now it is your responsibility to build community and connection across difference. Um, because ultimately, as a white woman, in my opinion, you can't really teach her I don't want to say how to be black or how to be like, yeah. you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like not necessarily how to be a better black woman. I don't. There's nothing in, there's nothing specific that you could teach to help that child with what you're asking about. You can just teach them and teach your whole class community, like to celebrate and be accepting of differences and that differences are things that we can learn from each other about. And that they're not ways to divide ourselves. And don't say stupid things like, what do you have to say for the blacks or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Just just keep it cool, sis. Keep it cool. And <laughs> treat her like a normal you like a normal human being. Thank you so much. Yep. One last question. You got it? Yes. I think you'll like this one. What's your biggest piece of advice to college students pursuing a career in education? Yes! Yes! That's my first reaction. I'm so proud of you for, first of all, even pursuing a degree in this wretched profession. Oh, my goodness. And by wretched, I mean that in the best way possible. This profession is off the charts crazy. But we need people who are dedicated to the cause. We need people who are committed to learning the pedagogy for years, like not just in a three-week program or four-week program or one-year program, like people who are actually committed and dedicated to doing the work alongside their peers. Like we need y'all. That's so awesome. Amen. So what's your advice? Oh, so so my advice is to study hard. The pedagogy actually does matter. When people say things like, oh, I don't remember nothing from my education or undergrad. Well, they're probably not teaching as well. You know, once, Mm -hmm. once you get in the field, it can be easy to throw away all that pedagogy um, and all the... Uh, latest research that you studied and all of the experiences that that you have, but you need that and you have to use that. Like, don't get lost in the practicum. Um, like, don't lose what you had in the in the classroom. So you got to keep that in the back of your head, even when things go crazy, even when your principals and your administrators try to invalidate. The things that you know, you got to keep that in the back of your head and you got to do what you know is right. Um, I think that's my piece of advice. What would you say? So I have a few practical tips, I guess. Um, Something I wish someone had told me before I started teaching was to not put your work email on your phone um, because emails can wait. And a lot of times having that instant notification stresses you out and you'll get emails on the weekend. Then you're like worried about what's going to happen at work. So do not put your email on your phone. Like don't, I don't have it on there. I don't check email till I walk in. What happens at school can happen at school. Once I get there, 
I also really suggest if you have the opportunity to do student teaching and field observations, take every chance that you can get. I remember being in my first year of my program, and they wanted us to visit different school districts to see how drastically different the the classroom could be in the same city, miles apart from each other. And I remember fighting it so hard saying, oh, well, I know where I want to teach and I don't need to see these schools. I know what's what's best, like being a know-it-all, basically. I was told, no, you can't, um, you can't replace this, what would you call it, this, um, the observation schedule. You cannot replace the observation schedule with you working at a preschool. It won't work. And so I was angry and I had to drive all over Houston. But I'm so glad I did because I got to see exactly what they were trying to show me. Um, I learned about open concept classrooms. Um, I learned about multi-age classrooms. I, I just saw a wide variety of things that I, I would not have been able to experience and keep in my mind as I looked for the type of school I wanted to work in had I been able to substitute that course requirement. So place yourself in, you place yourself in situations where you can see different types of classroom setups and different types of um, school settings because you never know where you'll end up and something that you may come across uh, that you might fall in love with. And have fun and never stop being a learner. You must always continue to learn um, and to better yourself. Last thing I'll say just to tag on to that, last thing I'll say just to tag on to that, really take time to figure out what school you want to work in upon graduation because you don't want to do what I did, which is work in the wrong school. Yeah. The first go round. Like get in a space in a place where you can grow under some strong leadership. When I say leadership, I don't always mean administration. I mean like teachers who are not leaving at the end of the year, like um some true veteran teachers, you know, some younger teachers, like get in a school that has a strong teaching team um, and get in a school that has some sensible leadership. <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind of hard to find. The leadership is hard to find, but teaching teams are a little bit easier. So really do your research and really take time to figure out what school is going to be best for me my first five years that will ultimately allow me to, you know, kind of sink my feet into this profession. And it's okay to say no to the first job offer. It really is. It really is. And I know it's going to be hard because well, that money. I need it. And we need money. Yes, that's it. That, that's true. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's it. You can send your questions to commonsensepod at gmail.com or the website at www.commonsensepod.com. The quote this week comes from... Where does it come from? Hmm. Somebody famous and a lover of coffee despite what the clock says. I'm on my way to get some now, actually. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come on, quote. Give us a quote. Give us a quote. Bless us. Bless us. You can quote me on this one. When you hurt teachers, you hurt kids. Mm. That's all, folks. Oh. <laughs> Mic drop on your lasses. Real talk. Take care of your teachers. When you take care of your teachers and you treat them like human beings and you respect them, and you allow them an environment where they can come and feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves, I guarantee you student success will follow. It will follow. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening. I think we need a catchphrase. Like, we do. We'll find one. It'll come my time. Be good. Be good. We're going to be all right. We really are going to be all right. Okay? 
put some water on your burnout so you can cool down. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. That's the phrase. That's the phrase. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time.